0: This is the Mulligan's Podcast, a real estate podcast focused on the duo. We created this podcast to share the stories of real estate individuals who have built their business from the ground up or have lost everything and are working to get it back. I'm Hayden Wright.
1: I'm Austin Cole. And, and we, we are, are your, your hosts. hosts. On today's show, we have Ashton and Chris Leverick. They went from being in the military to owning over 650 units in three years. Let's get right into it.
0: Awesome. Chris, Ashton, thank you guys so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having us. Pleasure to be here.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, So let's just get right into it. So if you guys could, could you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself?
2: Um, Yeah, my name is Ashton Leverick. Um, I am 41 years old, retired out of the military, did 21 years, uh, between the coast guard and the air force. I retired last year, May of 2020. And, um, back in 2018, we kinda were looking for, to create other streams of income. So we didn't have to transition to other jobs or that's what I was looking for. Uh, Chris has a little bit different reason. Um, but we started looking at uh, real estate and it kind of just made sense, you know, passive income, residual income, you can control your business. You can manage it from anywhere. Um, And so that made a lot of sense for us. And so we dove right in, uh, what late 2018 fall of 2018 closed on our first four units.
0: Wow. Okay. So how did you guys kind of get into the real estate space? I know that you said you were looking for more of a a passive, um, Avenue is, did you read rich dad, poor dad, or did you hear about it from a friend or, or how did that go?
2: You want to
3: answer that one?
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, mostly myself, I
3: I had a long commute, 45-minute commute. So I just started listening to different podcasts. Um, I don't know if they got popular in 2018 or earlier, but that's probably when I found out about them. And I uh, found the Bigger Pockets podcast, started hearing all these stories about people doing some interesting stuff. And they, you know, were I would say having less money than me or more money than me, it didn't really matter. And so I was like, well, why aren't we doing that? Um and I I work in IT. I've uh, been doing IT for 12 years after I got, I did 4 years in the military as well. Got out, did IT. Um and and you know I was like, man, we I should be spending money on real estate doing what these guys are doing, you know, if I have this career. And I kind of launched it. I I I saw my 401k having issues all the time and I was like, I can't tap into it. I can't use it. Um let me let me do this real estate stuff. So that's how I got into it was the podcast and started buying the books on bigger pockets. And, and it, it kept making more and more sense. Um, and we just started looking, you know, looking around in Phoenix. Um, my brother at the time was living in North Carolina. So I started looking at North Carolina. Interesting enough, Amazon was about to land in um, Raleigh, their headquarters too. And I was IT and I was like, Oh yeah, Amazon, you know, there'll be a ton of people. And, you know, so that's kind of what we've started focusing in North Carolina, but, That's where we bought our first property.
1: Do you want to go a little bit deeper into your first property? Yeah. Uh, How you got it and stuff like that?
3: Yeah. So um, we ended up partnering with a guy from my work, a friend of mine who had um, some capital. And uh, every deal we've done, we've done a partnership. Every Mm -hmm. deal, whether private lender, a syndication, or some kind of joint venture uh, that really set us up for scaling and growing. But the first deal, it was two duplexes. They were really old, um, I don't know, 50s or 40s, 1950s, 40s, something like that, really run down. Ashton drove up about two and a half hours, three hours from where he was at to go see him. It was in Durham, North Carolina. Uh, he walked the property, really, you know, we just found an agent, a random agent that, that you know, we didn't do things <laughs> by the book or how it's supposed to be done, Um you know, we did get the right property manager. Uh, we did screen the right property managers, made a couple calls, and we did screen like four or five different contractors. But they were two duplexes, so 209,000 for two of them. Uh fairly cheap back then. And even well, yeah, definitely they've risen. But in Phoenix, you might find a duplex for about 170 that needs work. So it was cool to get them at 104. We found them from a um wholesaler, I believe he was, or right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. He was a wholesaler. Yeah. Wholesaler. Um, don't entirely remember how we found it. We probably just got hit up by him.
2: Um, well, no, we had an agent. We had a real estate agent at the time, which, you know, lesson number one, go with a real estate investor friendly agent. Yeah. But um, we were using, um, and she was a great person. She just didn't know the investment side of the business. And so that lends itself to a whole bunch of other things. So, you know, they bring you that she's, she wanted to bring us like, Oh, this one has a nice kitchen and this one has a view. It's really close to the metro. You know, that's not what we're looking for. Right. We're looking for something we can add value to that. We can force the appreciation faster than the market appreciation. Right. So, um, you know, for all the people that are starting out there, that's kind of one of the things I would recommend, like get the right people on your team. And usually the right people are, are people that have worked with investors or are investors themselves already. So your, your property manager, your, um, real estate agent, your mortgage broker, your contractors, like make sure they're familiar with, uh, real estate investing because they'll be able to, because they there'll be clutch, right? You're trying to build a business here. You're not trying to be working on the property yourself and managing all these people and teaching them how to do it. Right. You want them to lend to your success. You want to bring them in because they're adding, you know, they're if two plus two equals 10 with them instead of, you know, two plus two means eight hour days of you trying to find the right people doing the work itself, all that
0: stuff. So. Right. Gotcha. Okay. So you, this one's kind of a two-parter. So you mentioned that you didn't do things necessarily by the book. Um, so at how long had you known about real estate and been studying and learning before you took that first major step and bought that, those two duplexes?
3: I mean, for me, it was probably about six months. Um, I think Ashton, You know, he had got a conversation with someone earlier on in his his life about real estate. But the action taking, he probably took it, you know, within 90 days. Um, We joined together to do a challenge for 90 days. It was one of those bigger pockets challenge. And we kind of used it Mm -hmm. to motivate us to get a deal in 90 days. But I I learned probably since early 2018 to get up that kind of courage, I guess, to do it. Um, Ashton's more of kind of run in. Here's here's the thing,
2: right? So, and this is kind of one of the things you learn, and you 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 have to learn about yourself when you're doing this stuff, and take note of it. People that don't know themselves, they're gonna partner with the wrong people. They're going to um, go fast when they should go slow, and vice versa. You know, so uh, one of the things I find, and I'm in another mastermind, and they talk about this all the time, is you know the fastest way to success is ready, fire, aim. And so take action first, as soon as you're ready and then figure it out. And that will, that will pull you into the right systems. Now, what has allowed us to sustain that momentum is, so that's my nature is to be like that, to fire and then figure it out. Okay. I need to adjust fire. I need to do this, bring this person on the team, whatever. That's how I am. My brother, on the other hand, he's more of a ready aim fire. He likes to know all the details. He likes to set the systems and processes, have everything in place before we do it, which is absolutely essential. And um, <clears throat> so if you're either one of those pers- people, you should definitely look for that second person if you want to scale, if you want to be successful in the long run. Um, history lends to all sorts of uh, proof about of that concept. This isn't like my concept. This is something that's come from many books we've read and different things. But you, you definitely need, they call them a visionary and an integrator, you know, Um, somebody that's more big picture and then somebody that's detailed to, to make sure you can scale and go faster and bigger and all that. So.
0: Perfect. That's great. So that kind of answers my second question, which was, you know, what systems in place, what team team members did you have already built? What things did you have done before you took that first major step? Um, but it sounds like you kind of built the parachute on the way down a little bit. Is that somewhat accurate? A little
2: bit, a little bit. Yeah. So, I think when we did that 90 day, you know, Chris and I were like, okay, let's get something under contract in 90 days, which is absolutely terrifying if you know nothing about what you're trying to do. Right. Right. So we were learning at the same time as executing. Um, So I was, we were underwriting and making offers, terrible offers, offers on homes that we were glad we never got under contract probably. Um, But because we had listened to a couple podcasts and are like, and then we'd read like long distance real estate investing. I remember that was a big one uh, by uh, uh, David, David Green. Green, yeah, and he talks about putting your your team in place. And so that that would be the system and process. I think we have initially um, worked on getting uh, together, and we hit a home run with the property manager that Chris found on Bigger Pockets, whereas the real estate agent that I found was just a regular real estate agent. So that was kind of a, you know, but that's, that's kind of the thing, right? You, you need to take action because it'll pull you into figuring that stuff out. It'll, it'll propel you into taking action to fix that system, to do it better, or you'll fail and you'll feel like a quitter, but
0: it's up to you, whatever you want. Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, makes perfect sense. So today you guys have, I mean, it's, it's an incredible amount of units, right? How many, how many years is is it exactly today?
2: Well, hold on. <laughs> Perspective is everything because it okay. depends what circles you're in, I suppose. Um, the circles we're in, we are nothing. We have nothing. We have like 650 units, right? Yeah, I mean, we are very that's, small. That's pretty yeah.
0: incredible for three years. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I mean, that's what, 200 units a year. But if you, you think about on average, right, you think about like, an average syndication, if you're doing it for a year of 200 over every, you know, two, an acquisition of 200 units every quarter, that's nothing. And that's what some of these bigger guys are doing. I mean, you just gotta don't compare yourself to other people. What, and, and I have a lot of warnings on this too. It's like, don't compare yourself to other people because it will make you feel like you're not doing enough or you're doing too much or you're headed down the wrong road. What do you really want? At the end of the day, and I'll tell you, we've come to that realization a couple of times. Like, where are we headed and what do we want? You know, and, and it has to align with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to be spinning your wheels and you'll end up having all these doors, no cash flow. Mm-hmm. What's the point then, right? right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where are is- y'all heading? Like, what, what is y'all's
1: end goal?
3: Yeah, I mean, we we do a 90, we do a quarterly meeting with our company and we adjust goals every quarter Mm -hmm. um, based on what we learned for the previous quarter and based on our five-year plan or three-year plan or one-year picture. um, We do that annually. We set those one-year picture, three-year plan, five-year goal. Um, So we constantly, that shifts, but that the bigger vision doesn't shift too much. We have a bigger idea where we want to go. You know, of course we want the passive income. Of course we want more time freedom. Um, The building the business became another part of that long-term goal Uh, But quarterly now, we shifted again where we're not as interested into the long-term equity plays as much. We have a lot of that going. We're really more interested in cash flow to sustain our business, to further us into the next step of our business, Um, whether that's bringing on more VAs or whether that's expanding to have a property management arm, you know, uh, another company or something like that. So we're trying to build cash flow. We just launched our first short-term rental um, just a different type of the business. Uh, launched it November 12th in Disney in Disney World area. Seven bedrooms has about 16 people can sleep there. Wow. And luxury short-term rental with a great cash flow. So it's mm-hmm. a different model. Uh and and that's where we're kind of heading right now. We want to ke- pick up a couple more of those while doing, you know, one to two syndications a year. So wow. Yeah. Okay.
2: And and I would add to that. So um and this kind of goes back to what I was saying before is like be careful with the unit count thing, right? So mm. initially we built up, we had about 42 rentals in maybe a year and a half, I think. And that paid for the income from that was paying for the VAs for setting up the business, right? And so we're like, all right, we're ready to go. And we launched into these syndications, which, unless you're doing one every quarter and making a really good acquisition fee, the cash flow may not be as great because. You're now paying out your preferred returns to your investors, unless you have some great deal with your investors where they don't get paid till the end. Which I don't, I don't see that happening <laughs> in most deals. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, like if you want your business to grow, now you got to increase the cash flow. And so that's kind of where, like last year was a huge like let's build up the credibility and let's build up the business so that we're a noted, uh, recognized real estate syndication platform. So people want to invest in us because we have that experience, because we have the systems in place. And so that was a huge part like we focused on getting the number of doors up. We focused on partnering with people that could help us get that credibility. And so we did that and that's how we got to 650. But, you know, you quickly realize like well, if we want to replace our W2 jobs or what, like I do some contracting on the side, like we need to increase the cash flow at this point. Mm-hmm. Once those big properties sell absolutely the income will be great, you know, because the payoff's great on those big properties, but the cash flow is so we're shifting back into that cash flow model. So so that's why we're focused on these luxury Airbnbs. Which yes, you can syndicate a luxury Airbnb, and that's um, you know kind of our our little baby that we're working on this coming year. So
0: interesting. Okay, so trying to put this all together. So you guys initially up front, it sounds like you were very focused on getting the doors in place, right? But then that wasn't cash flowing as well. So you brought in these short term luxury rentals to fill in that gap of, of cash flow, Is that, is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you guys have a mixed bag, a mixed portfolio here of, of syndicated multifamily, as well as short-term rentals. Yeah.
3: Okay. We also have small multifamily too. So we have small, large, and then short-term rentals, you
0: could say. That's interesting. Okay. So yeah. that, that might be a little controversial because a lot of people think that you know you need to find your niche and stick to that and get really, really good at that. But you guys have kind of not really bounced around the board, but bounced around the board, right? So you've you know you have the small multifamily and then you have the really large multifamily and then you have the short term rentals. I mean mm-hmm. would you would you say that that has helped you? Would it help have to have stuck with something like a stuck with an asset class? I mean yeah. obviously it's worked really well.
3: So so the asset class shift, but the strategy is the same. So okay. the value add play is the same which is very easy to talk about. It's very easy to raise capital for because if you stick around that strategy, you always do this. You you can shift assets. If you keep the same strategy, Um, you know, you're getting good at that strategy. If it works, it could work on multiple assets. You don't really don't mm. care necessarily. I, I would say the short-term rental is definitely a shift, Um, but everything up to that point, when we were doing small multifamily, we may have been managing it more and we still are to a degree, However, when we went to large multifamily, we gave away the management, but still value add though. So we know it very well. We're just giving pieces of it away and becoming niching down again. We got better at raising capital and brand awareness and relationships. And that's kind of where we narrowed down to Um, where we went back to short-term rental. Now you got, you're bringing that management piece back in, still value add, still raising capital, however. So we're not doing acquisition, we're not doing development, we're not doing um, uh, you know, as much underwriting or analysis unless it's one short-term rental deal at a time. So we don't do the financing as much with the large syndications. So really, we were able to niche down across as we grew, we started noticing areas we wanted to niche down on. Um, and you're right, though, with the short-term rental, we do take back that management piece. So now we have to you know, we, the cash flow is good, but now you got to consider, OK, now I need to bring in a VA to do the, um, the texting on Airbnb when a guest checks in or stuff like that. So, yeah, you you kind of have to shift and play and move the pieces like a chess game. Um, but I, I highly agree with you. Niche down on something and get good at it and, and only shift when you have conquered that one thing or when you, you know, have expanded beyond it. You need to grow.
2: Yeah. That's a great point. But, and I would also point out like when you get, when you look at it from the hundred thousand foot view, whatever, 10,000 foot view, it's all the same. You do a syndication versus a residential burr. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You're buying the property, you're adding value, putting renters in, you're either refinancing in three years or selling in five to get your capital back. But it's the same thing. It's absolutely the same thing. It's just one's faster than the other, right? You can do a hundred units syndication And it's going to take five years to go through the whole burr process, or you can do a one residential, and it'll probably take you know four to six months. So,
0: I I really like how you guys explain that because not many, I mean, you know, the mainstream will say exactly to niche down, but uh, it is somewhat of a similar process, more or less, you know, asset class to asset class. So, I really like your perspective on that. Um, So, I noticed that most of you, most of your properties are syndicated. Is that correct?
3: Well, yeah, I mean. All of them, really. I mean, syndication is just a a partnership to achieve, you know, something you can't do yourself. Um, If if you want to say like the actual syndication where, you know, we get a securities attorney and that kind of thing, uh, we've done that five times. But everything else, there are partnerships as well. They're just joint ventures or uh, joint ownership LLCs, which are pretty much syndications. They were just much cheaper. (laughs) So, you know, like a a syndication costs 15 grand to set up, you know, so it's, it's expensive, but, um, yeah, everything we've done, we've, we've done in a partnership, which has really helped to build those relationships going forward. Our network is pretty big now. Our list is pretty big now. Um, we probably have three to four people sign up for our list every week. It's, it's, Mm. it's growing pretty good. So, um, but it, it's been the same principle every time. Meet someone, talk about what we do, present a deal, invest together.
1: So if y'all were to go back, would y'all have done what y'all did in the same order? Or would you have gone to the short-term uh, rentals prior to jumping to the the large complexes? I hate that question.
2: <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. No, I would not change anything because I wouldn't know what I know now, right? Yeah, um fair. But if somebody had asked me what they should do starting out, yes, I would focus on the cash flow while building the network and the thought leadership platform so that you can start bringing more people into to invest in your deals. Mm-hmm. Um, we were focused on the cash flow initially, but we because it covered all our expenses for the business, we shifted to create more credibility, right? Like I said, mm-hmm. like we took that whole year doing that or a year and a half even. Um, so... Yeah, if I was gonna tell somebody how to best accelerate that, and I think I just did a, I just did a video about this on Instagram, I think, but that's it. Is like the burr method's great, but mm-hmm. as as soon as you can get the credibility, or maybe you already have it with your family, friends, whatever, mm-hmm. I would start partnering with people and. um going bigger because the economies of scale are better. The passive side of it's better because now you have more people involved, right? And you get to actually niche down, actually niche down. And when, uh, when Chris and I talk about our first deal, like we were on the phone or traveling all the time for that first deal. I was traveling the most, he was in Arizona, but we were <laughs> on the phone. Like we were doing, you're working a lot. You're, yeah. you're managing every piece of it, right? Cause you don't have a set team just yet. And then I, the other thing I would say is it depends. What is your goal, right? Where do you want to be? Do you want to be passive? Do you want to be active in the thing? Are you trying to replace a job? Or are you just trying to preserve your capital and create generational wealth and maybe reduce your taxes? Like, where are you at on that? Um, I will say, and this is one of the things we kind of left out. One of the main reasons we shifted into the Airbnbs is because it was actually lifestyle, uh, creating a lifestyle for us. We want to be able to take vacations where where it's, it's a cash flowing asset for us. We want to be able to have like our family, Chris has two kids. I have two kids. We want to go go on vacation together as a business trip, you know, in one of our own places. So the idea is to get one in all the places we want to vacation. Now, if we can do a really nice place, right. A really big Airbnb million, $2 million property. um, That's, that's cash flowing. And people are partnered with us because they want to get passive income, you know, because they want tax benefits, then why not? Right. So it's, we're creating these win-win scenarios. And I think that's where you have to look at it. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. And if you want to get on board, we're going to help you win too. So.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So uh, I think I know the answer to this, but what is, <laughs> what is a, a piece of, uh, you know, your journey so far or your mindset that has led to the amount of success you've had so far? Cause I mean, I would consider you guys relatively successful. Would you, I mean, would you agree with that? I know you guys are. You're very humble, and you know you're holding yourself to a very high standard. Um, but but what has helped you to achieve that? Is there a, a single thing? Is it your network? Um, is it just the partnerships? Or, I mean, yeah.
3: I mean, it's it's the daily daily action. I think <clears throat> for me, I really get frustrated sometimes that we're not we're more where where I want to be. Um, and then it's good to hear you know from other people that you guys are doing well because. We beat ourselves down sometimes, or I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have come a long way in three years. We did it pretty fast. The biggest thing about mindset is, is, you know, that I had to realize, especially for someone like me, is you don't have to do it all yourself. You know, it's good to, even if someone you hire or someone you um, pay does it 60% efficient as you do, it still gives you... 60% 60% more of your time back, you know, for whatever they were doing. Um, math's probably off there, but um, you, you understand what I'm saying. Even I, if I they it. don't yeah. do hundred percent, you're still taking your time, which could be better spent somewhere else and probably do much more for the business. That was key for me. And the, the, the big aspect that is partner early partner fast um, because you're going to learn a ton and you're going to learn a ton about yourself also on, on what you should give up. You know, it's the best things is saying no, you know, Steve jobs was key key to saying no all the dang time. And that's why, you know, we come up with the iPhone and he has, you know, two or three products that, that, you know, took over the world. Um, And it's because he said no. So Mm -hmm. that's been a big learning for me. I I like to know all the details, be awesome (laughs) in every piece of it. And then, you know, be able to manipulate the whole thing and, and control it. And giving up that is, is, is a big part of it. So
2: I, I would, uh, I would add to that. Um, so I think clarity, commitment, and then taking action are the, something that's, um, that I've done throughout my life, but I didn't realize how essential it was until we started creating our own business. So <clears throat> like, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. and And clarity is absolutely key. Like, what the f do you really want out of life right you want to you want a billion dollar enterprise that you work 200 hours a week i don't even know if that's accurate number but you know what i'm saying like is that what you want you have a billion dollar enterprise but you're working you're hustling all the time or do you want like cuz maybe you could do that with like 40 rentals you could have mm-hmm. you know a couple million 10 million net worth and then um the cash flow to where you don't work but 1 hour a week like what do you want? Right. And then, <clears throat> cause some people do want that business, but then if you don't know what you want, if you're not clear on what you want, you need to go out and take action because once you take action, that's when you get results and you realize I don't like this. I need right. to do something else. <laughs> right. So I think the key one was taking action. Um, it'll help you get clear on your goals and they'll feed into each other. But, um, the commitment piece is big too, right? So there's a huge problem in our society these days where it's okay to quit. It's okay to quit. You know, you get a trophy either way and everybody's (laughs) gonna pat you on the back. Hey man, you tried, good good job. And you're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. You know, like, what do you want? Because when you really are clear about what you want, when you've taken enough action or had enough experience in something, like for example, Chris, I'm gonna use you. I mean, he's in the IT. I remember you came to me in 2018. You're like, Man, this IT thing—I uh, I need to create some more money somewhere else, you know. And as, and and like that was a key element. He realized, you know, I mean, it's not that he hates his job; he just wanted more freedom, right? Mm-hmm. So he, because of that experience, he got clear on what he wanted, and that helped him commit. But that commitment is key, right? Like, I'm going to do this no matter what. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use this term because this is where I come from. But in the military, it's like we're either going to do it or we're going to die trying. And there is no failure. Failure is not an option. And when you put that on the table, when you realize that I'm either going to win or I'm going to learn and come back and win again later. Right. That's, that's the mindset you have to have. Like what, what do you want? Do you want to be successful? Do you want, you know, a million dollars in cash flow? Like what the fuck do you want? <laughs> and then commit <laughs> and then commit to that. Um, and and anything's possible, and everybody always says that, and I get it, and like, and people are going to listen to this, and they're just going to write it off, but that's because they don't believe in themselves. Mm.
3: <laughs> Cold. That was I'm great. sorry, man. That I'm was sorry. Great. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry.
0: Like, okay, yeah. So, so on that on that point, you guys, you know, you you moved into the, the short term rentals because you know there there was a reason behind that, not just cash flow, but because you wanted to have those family vacations. So what other, you know, what are you looking for out of real estate? Are you looking to quit your, your nine to five or are you looking for long-term retirement? Are you just, would you like a, a Lamborghini in the driveway that <laughs> kids college is paid for? What, what is the, what is the end goal here? What does success look like?
2: Success? Well, for me, I think it might be different for Chris and I using the same platform to get there. But for me, it's, you know, going to Banff to go snowboarding in the over Christmas. It's uh, going to Bali for two months and still knowing my, it's somebody bringing me a deal and me just saying, handing it to, I don't know, I'm going to make up a name, Tony. Hey, Tony, analyze this deal. Let us know how much they need and let's sign on it and create completely passive income. Right. Um, For me, that's the business. And then, but the lifestyle is really the key. Um, And, and yeah, (laughs) no, know what you want. Right. I mean, I think Chris might have a different attitude about it, but I think essentially that's what it is. It's the freedom.
3: Yeah. It's, it's a freedom too, for me, it's not <clears> being dependent on one source of income, one job. I mean, I've been in it long enough and I, I see the older guys, they're sixties their fifties and they're getting kicked out. Cause I came in You know, I, and and that's me in 20, 20 years or 10 years because I can't keep up I and mean, it's getting faster and faster. And so when I saw that reality, I hate when things can control me. I like controlling things. I mean, most people do, I guess. Um, but I used to like the structure and I used to like the support. And now it looks more like a noose. So I'm trying to find the freedom to be able to spend with my kids, to be able to take trips. Like Ashton said, I, I lived in France for two years. I used to travel a lot um, and really enjoyed that piece of it. You just don't get that when you have a W job. You are tied to the job. Um, you may think that two week trip for your vacation, that 14 day, whatever you get, um, you know, even the military, they're like 30 days paid, except you can't ever take it because we're always busy, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you got to use
1: it on your weekends too.
3: <laughs> exactly. You know, so there's, there's all these catches. And if you're, if you're working for someone, chances are, you're going to be working for someone your, your whole life, unless you take action and, and try to create another reality. And that's what we're doing. Action much better at visualizing the future. You know, I start thinking about those stuff. I'm like, well, like, how are we going to do that? Like, it seems so far away. Yet, three years ago, we weren't even a step in the right direction. We're mm-hmm. a lot farther now. So, it does take just taking that action for me. It's putting my head down, kind of like, you know, okay, I want to get to this next position, and and hopefully that leads me to freedom. Hopefully that leads me to multiple streams of income and and more time. So,
0: gotcha. Okay, so knowing what the end goal is. How like is that a unit number? Is that an amount passively a month? And what do you need to do to get to that point? Like, what what is the missing ingredient here?
3: I'll I'll jump in here. This is really interesting because I've been thinking a lot about this. Um, so every time we expand, we hire more people, and that number gets bigger.
0: <laughs> right, the ceiling keeps getting <laughs> higher and higher.
3: Yeah. So we used to we used to be twenty thousand a month. Um, that we wanted in passive income, ten thousand for each family, Right. Um, it was a really easy number um, i 'd say we 're pretty much you know you know our expenses for the business have risen dramatically we 're near like one hundred and sixty k in expenses Wow, so we have to make you know three times that um, just to even start making a profit or make a profit enough where we would pay ourselves and pay Mm -hmm. our families and that kind of thing. So the number keeps getting bigger. And that's why maybe we've shifted some of our strategy to increase the cash flow to get to that goal faster. Um, But it's always been that 20,000 a month number. But you look at that now, you know, 240,000 or whatever a year, but we have 160,000 expenses that doesn't release us. That doesn't free us. So how do we, you know, how do we get past that? So It's about training people, offsetting, uh, getting more time back, you know, getting people in roles that allow you to expand while being cash flow heavy and and making that money. Um, And and that's what we're kind of realizing. So a big part of it is setting that, changing that number. That number should change every year. It should change every three years. Uh, And that that does happen for us. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um, A big part of it, our wives work for us, and I guess we realize too, like, they should probably get paid first, mm-hmm. so and they—they're all about it too.
0: So no free labor. <laughs> yeah, no. We're going doing
3: do three years of free labor. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But what would you say, Ashton? What, what, what's the number?
2: Um. Yeah. Well, I think the number is the monthly income, but it's also the freedom. And so for us, we enjoy it. We enjoy putting these deals together. We enjoy making these things happen. And. And honestly, I love talking to investors and they're like, man, you guys are awesome. I just give you my money and you give me a return. And I like that. I like being able to provide that. And I've been told that a couple of times. And so, you know, essentially I have a couple big organizations out there in my head that I'm like, man, it'd be really cool to be like that Mm -hmm. where we're holding, you know, huge plat speaking events, not necessarily, I'm not a huge public speaker, but. How holding a big event, bringing people together to collaborate on something huge you know like I think that's really cool and then helping people explore other avenues to create the life that they like, like. so for the end at the end of the day the number I think the number is the same, and at some point yeah Chris will have to sit down and be like, yeah, we probably need to stop growing you know and um now that we have all the systems and people in place, although you know that's just how life is you do something you're like I, can, I need to do this now I need to do, you know and if you're enjoying it it makes sense do it build it grow if you're not growing you're dying um, mm. I'm perfectly happy with 10 10k a month for my family um, I'm not trying to drive a Lamborghini you know um, probably would just sit in the driveway anyway most of the time <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I'm here to enjoy it. To, I mean, that's why I joined the military to begin with, was to travel and have fun.
0: And now they're not paying me to do that. So I got to find somebody else to pay me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so I think, Ashton, you kind of already said it. What is, what is the most rewarding thing about real estate, in your opinion? Oh,
2: most rewarding thing about real estate? I, I really do enjoy working with other people. Um, I think the most, um, you know, enjoyable thing that we have is Chris and I, our families are closer than ever. We take at least two business retreats with our families a year. We try to, right. Um, That's been awesome. My kids, uh, you know, know his kids and, and we live in different cities and we're having zoom calls all the time. And it's, it's really cool. And it's cool to be a part of something where you're creating, you know, this, you're creating this vision of your future. You're creating your ideal life, right. Um, real estate, I couldn't give two, you know, shits about real estate. Excuse my cussing, but it's the plat- that is the tool, right? It's like that's my hammer and I'm building this shit or whatever. Like that's you know what I'm saying? I'm building this lifestyle and that's what's allowing me to do it. So um I think a lot of times when people get into real estate, people that aren't intentional about it, it's on an accident and they don't realize uh the potential to actually create a it's an, it's a business right it is a business but a lot of people don't look at it like a business like oh i'm i know a lot of people that own rentals but they did not do it intentionally and now they hate it or um they're just you know miserable. suffering through it yeah so you know when you do it intentionally as a business to build a lifestyle all of a sudden you can work yourself you can create a whole nother avenue like um a stream of income that allows you so much more freedom so
3: Yeah. 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 It gives you options really. And that's Mm -hmm. that's what I like about it. It's having the the ability to choose my next direction, you know?
0: Right. So now freedom's the goal. Freedom's what you're after, right? And real estate is the tool that's allowing you to get there. But how are you, you know, separating your time throughout the day? Does this take priority? Like, do you have to segment time out of your day from your family to sit down and focus on real estate? Or if there's a t-ball game, obviously I would imagine you go to that but how how do you budget that as well if that makes sense was my
3: boss listening (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) what happened i said is my boss listening Uh (laughs) Uh,
0: um
3: for for me it's it's very it's it's structured and organized in a certain fashion so it's time blocking um which one takes priority i mean i'm the owner of a business so it's typically the business is going to get my attention unless someone's yelling at me um, from the W2 job, I work remotely, which is great. Oh, that's great. Um, but, you know, I'm there when they need me. I'm, I'm in projects and meetings, but it is a big part of time blocking and scheduling your calendar in such a way that you can do both. Um, it's very tricky in the beginning. It's not easy to have a side hustle. Whoever says it is, is, you know, doing something like selling lemonade or something. <laughs> it's, it's not that easy. Um, but then again, <clears throat> you know, if it was something that everybody could do or was able to do then everybody would be you know rich and and free and you know so it's it's a the it's very rewarding I'd say for me to to have the business it's opened up my eyes to not only the family piece of it but um you know the idea that you can really be uh someone that perhaps you admire. You know, you can be that just by taking that daily action, that daily step. If you like Grant Cardone, well, great that you can actually be Grant Cardone. It's not a faraway dream. You just have to not watch that T ball. You have to uh, maybe do something in, else instead for the first couple of years. And then when you get that time freedom back, then you can go back to, you know, that doesn't mean go work yourself to death, too. I, I disagree with some of what Grant Cardone says. So, I, you know, definitely enjoy your life, definitely set aside time, time block your freedom, you know, Mm. that's a big part of it too, even when you're scaling. Right. Perfect. Yeah.
2: I think, um, it's always fun doing these conversations, having these, these conversations with Chris and me on here, because we are very different in how we (laughs) think. Um, but I would add to what he's saying in that, um, it's hard. The only reason it's hard is because you don't like what you're doing. You're not committed to the process when you're truly committed you're passionate about it. You know what I mean? And nothing's going to stop you when you want to go to the Olympics. You look at how an Olympian trains. They don't go to the gym like this is going to suck. I got to train four times this week. You know, like that's this is my passion. I am going to the dang Olympics. I'm going to do this. And that's that's how you got to like if it's hard, you're probably in the wrong business. Mm -hmm. If it's hard, you're not passionate about it. it's not in your life. It's not one of your life's goals. You're not aligned with it, you know, and I'm not trying to get all foo-foo here, but I'm just saying like, I'll tell you an example, you know, when I was going through selection, there are some of the fittest, most unbelievable people in selection going to pararescue and they quit. And they quit because they weren't passionate about the outcome. They weren't passionate about where they were going. And because when you are, it's easy. I don't mind jumping in that mud puddle and rolling around and carrying this ruck for 100 miles. I don't mind doing that because I came here to be challenged. I came here to do this. You know what I'm saying? And what Chris is saying is like, yeah, there are a bunch of processes with it. But when you're aligned with the outcome, those processes, those systems, those days um, doing whatever, like they make sense and it's easy. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say, be clear about what you want, not just in the future, but be clear about what you want today. Like, do I want to give up all my family time? Do I, you know, how am I aligned? My, my, my wife and I have an agreement. We don't do work on the weekends, So you're welcome. Or <laughs> she, she yelled at <laughs> Thank me. Thank you very day. much. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: about to say, you know, it is the weekend. So, <laughs>
2: but yeah, like working on the weekends, we don't work past a certain time on the day. You know, that is because that is the lifestyle we want. Right. Right.
0: That's, that's kind of what I was, I was getting at. I know I asked it poorly, but you know, you're going for freedom, but do you sacrifice your, your time now? Like, as in I'm similar in the fact that I come home and I eat dinner with my wife and then I, I segment two hours a night to, you know, focus on the podcast or focus on real estate and my duties. And then I spend two hours with her you know, and I just, I didn't know if you guys were, you know, taking some of that freedom in advance or if you were, you're were very strict about that, but I, I like what you had to say about that. Yeah. So great. Um, all right. Well, we're going to go ahead and move to the next segment, which is very similar to the first segment, um, except for instead of just asking questions, I'm asking them from this cup randomly <laughs> here. <laughs> so first question, first of the three is what is your real estate pet peeve?
2: Mm, Chris or his pet peeve is my is me probably with new <laughs> ideas. <laughs> um, Brotherly my, love. Yeah, my pet peeve is everybody telling me no. We mm. can't do we can't do that. Because I tend to have a lot of the
0: big ideas. But okay. I think that might be it. Okay. That works for me. Tell us yeah. you concur, Chris? I, yeah, he's my pet peeve. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um
0: what is your least favorite real estate activity? I imagine it's probably flipped for you guys as you guys aren't doing the same roles.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm not huge about, um, you know, I wouldn't like to call people. I I don't necessarily like podcasts or calling people, (laughs) (laughs) but I do it because it is part of it. And once I'm on them, I'm fine. It's just not really something I'm huge about. Gotcha. Yeah.
2: Mine's kind of along the same line is so a lot of what we do is capital raising. Mm-hmm. And so we have a deal and I have to contact all our investors and see if they're interested, but if it's a deal, that's not very good. As in the returns don't sound all that promising. Now I'm stepping into the salesman role and I'm, I'm not into the selling of it. I want our deals to be so good that people, you know, want are, are clamoring to be our partners on it or in passive investors. So um, that is something I'm not, too keen on is, is the sales part. Like I'm not, why should I try to sell you to invest in one of our deals? Right. Right. So.
0: Gotcha. Okay. What, what type of real estate do you not want to go into?
3: Hmm. That's, that's interesting. <laughs> I
0: don't know. You open-minded. Um,
3: yeah. yeah. Open-minded. I guess I'm intimidated by the, the risky plays like, you know, a development or something, but mm. I wouldn't not, do it. I think I would mm.
0: figure it out. But
3: yeah,
2: that's a good answer. I don't know that there's anyone I would never do. Maybe it was some a little bit more cautious, though.
0: Right. I mean, so, so so if an opportunity presented itself, you wouldn't, you know, just say no because it was a land deal or a you know a hotel deal or whatever it might be. No. Yeah. I, I'll hear. Actually, you know what?
2: There is one I would say no to, and I've been proposed. because people know that we raise capital. People know that we bring capital to deals. Um, so people reach out to us all the time about that. And the the ones I say no to are the people. And I hate to say it because we were there um, <clears throat> are the, the guys that don't have any experience, but they, you know, it's like last minute stuff and it's like, Hey, we need a million dollars and we're closing <laughs> on this, you know? And you're like, how many of units have you ever managed? Are you even the asset manager? What experience do you have in this? I'm not going to bring, I can't, I have to say, no, I cannot risk my investors um, capital on a deal and a partnership that I don't have yet. I don't right. underst- know and trust yet. So um, those are easy no's for us. I don't know about an actual asset class. I would say mm-hmm. no to, but yeah, that's great. because for, for us, it comes down to, we, we vet the partners first whenever we're working with people, it's the partners first, then the asset class, and then the market. Right. And if all those line up, then, you know, then we'll do it. We'll probably do mm-hmm. it. But, and then of course the time where we are in our, Market then know. asset class. Market then the class. Yeah, that's actually better. You're you're right. Yep. See, he's a detail guy. He
0: keeps me on track. keeps <laughs> straight. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Great. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and get into the uh the your mulligan section. Austin, you want to take this one? Yeah.
1: So, in all of your investment career, what was your mulligan? What was the one thing that you would redo? I know we kind of touched on it, but uh, <laughs> it, 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 I, that was kind of me asking you, would you redo that part? But is there something else that you would look back and go, you know what? We do that differently.
3: I mean, we, there's one that stings really closely. We had a, a five bedroom under contract about a couple months ago, uh, a short term rental in Sedona. We're back looking there, but you know, eight hundred twenty thousand dollars purchase price. It was gonna be a screaming deal. Uh, appraised one hundred sixty k under, mm-hmm. so we backed out the deal. And my mulligan is we should have just done it. It was stupid. Yeah. The same the, deals, like one point mm-hmm. five million now. Mm. Yeah, we should have just came up with the cash. So what? Yeah. But
2: yeah, that's a good one. Wow! Just, and
3: yeah. we we actually lost seven thousand dollars for back accounts. So
2: yeah, had to go to uh, litigation and um, yeah. So
1: you live and you learn. <laughs> yeah, <I just laughs> we won't let that. another one go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I guess you you learned your lesson from that one was uh, to not back out again, uh, then, uh, yeah, you would. All right. So let's go to kind of have the same questions for, uh, so here we go. Uh, so for those in the audience wanting to be where you are, what is the one piece of advice that you would give them? Um, I
2: think look, look for people that are more experienced than you and look how you can add value to them. And then, build that relationship and partner um, okay. there. They will pull you up, you know, they will pull you to their level, start hanging out with those kind of people. And they'll put, that's exactly what happened to us. We started talking about the. We did a syndication on our own. We started talking about it. We're in different circles. And next thing you know, we have a relationship with somebody else. And he's like, Hey, I'm doing this 200 unit in Ohio. And I need help raising the capital. Would you guys be on board? And, and we looked at his, his resume. He had 10 years of experience. He'd been doing, he's done a couple syndications, Um, you know, it just made sense. And so that helped us get to where we are. We did not do any of this alone. I mean, if you're trying to do it alone, good for you, but you know, it's a lot slower and more painful process because you can't learn, lean on other people's experience. And, um, yeah, it just makes more sense. Um, get in those circles that you want to be in, build those relationships, add value to everybody or where you can, where you, you know, with the people you align with, and and you'll accelerate so much faster.
1: Mm -hmm. Awesome.
0: Well, guys, we really appreciate you jumping on the show this morning. I know we're, we're violating some of your, your marital (laughs) promises. So, um, (laughs) apologize to your wife for us and, and thank her. We really appreciate it, but, uh, we'll go ahead and ask the last two questions here. So number one, what is one thing that you want people to know about you that we didn't have the chance to talk about today? You know, and that didn't have to be real estate related, whether that's, you know, a hobby, you know, strange noise you can make or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> has
2: anybody ever put on a strange noise? <laughs> no, this,
0: I got to be honest. Nobody has, but I'm kind of hoping that you have one that you could make. <laughs>
2: I don't. I don't. <laughs> um, Yeah. So I think the one thing that we are very proud of is we 10% of our profits goes back to um sponsoring veterans uh in a in a retreat they take veterans out to montana take them hunting fishing and skiing and stuff like that to help them reconnect Mm -hmm. you know with their whole purpose for serving and and protecting our nation so um that's something we're really proud of that i think we probably don't market as much i guess um Mm -hmm. but yeah chris
3: um yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) um I don't know I play guitar, I like Tam oh, really guitar. Oh. And I have a, a three year old who loves it too so it's, <laughs> Your three just plays. had a baby oh well snap. Anna just had a baby there's another one another one oh, actually, wow. the day we recorded with Joe fairless that was the I had just had a baby that night, so
0: that night,
3: yeah, I was exhausted on that podcast, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I bet so
0: i mean that's that's got that been a special day for a couple of reasons <laughs> yeah
3: yeah it was it was interesting, but yeah, he's, it was cool. We got to talk to Joe, and you know he, I see his book back there, yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, great, great book, book for anyone wanting to do syndication. he he's an awesome guy,
0: yeah, I imagine that was pretty surreal talking to to such a big player like that yeah so he's that, he's really cool, he's really cool. first yeah. I can imagine
3: our first 16 unit. I mean, that, that thing was my guide, that book.
0: Best. I ever. mean, there's so much content. Like we, we have so many structures of ours that have just come from that book. Like it is, it is full of, full of information. So yeah. definitely recommend that to anybody, um, you know, on the show, but um, Austin, you want to take the last one? Yeah. yeah. Last question. So where can people find out more about you?
3: Yeah. Best way is our website. Um, you know, ValkyrieGroup.com. V-A-L-K-E-R-E group.com best way. We have a ton of stuff, blogs, eBooks, you know, all the podcasts we're on, we list on there as well. So if you want to go check out some of the other podcasts, if you want to contact us directly, um, you can do through the website or you can just, you know, find us on LinkedIn and bigger pockets.
0: awesome Awesome. well guys we i really appreciate the sacrifice that you made for us um you know not just for the country and everything we appreciate that as well but for this this saturday morning which is very precious um so thank you guys for being on the show
2: hey thanks so much it's been fun
0: absolutely thanks guys thank you everyone for listening to the show we hope you gain something from today's episode and put it into action right away Please make sure to share,
1: subscribe, and review our podcast, as well as follow us on Instagram and TikTok at mulligans underscore underscore. This helps us to grow and share more great stories. My name is Austin Cole. I'm Hayden Wright, signing signing off. off.